The challenge is how do you motivate industry? Because industry loves to collaborate with universities on their own problems, but why should they work on entrepreneurial problems? What we have seen is that you can provide a lot of value. If you collaborate with universities on entrepreneurship, you don't get your immediate problem solved, but you get access to outstanding talent. Hello and welcome to the Research Valorization podcast series. My name is Madeleine Arkins, Project Officer at UIN and your host for today. During the 2023 UIN conference, we had a chance to sit down with Philip Gerbert, General Managing Director of Tomb Venture Labs to explore deep tech entrepreneurship, bridging talent gaps and climate solutions. Learn how university and industry collaboration can drive innovation and help shape a more sustainable future. Hello, I'm here with Philip Gerbert, the General Managing Director of Tum Venture Labs. Thank you for joining me, Philip. It's a pleasure. First of all, could you please tell me about your role at Tum Venture Labs and the work that they do there? I head Tum Venture Labs, which is a network of 11 deep tech labs to foster sciencepreneurship across deep tech and life sciences. I know a lot of your experience or interest is in the world of deep tech. Europe is currently facing quite a commercialization gap in deep tech and is maybe finding it hard to harness the deep tech talent. What do you think universities can do now in these space? Universities and uh, centers like Tum Venture Labs to really foster that deep tech talent? I think, first of all, universities should really establish entrepreneurship as a valid career model. I always say that the standard thing is always to go into the model student syndrome. The professor is trying to encourage you to become a professor, the civil servant to become a civil servant, and to say, no, really think about how can you apply this, so to say, in the real world, right? And then it depends. There's a general part where you just foster entrepreneurship, right? So you give entrepreneurship courses, you can establish a university as a real hub for collaboration and so on. And then there's a specific part in deep tech where I think the university can do much more. A, it can mobilize its scientists because in deep tech you need sometimes more experienced parts. And I'm talking less about the professors, they don't want to quit their job, but the PhDs, the postdocs and so that are still looking where to apply things. The other thing is just to get it going, to offer help in getting government funds. Deep tech often needs to get going government funds, particularly in healthcare, aerospace, climate, technologies, etc. And also what we have found quite useful to offer prototyping grants. So you can get to a stage where you're actually interesting to investors or to other outside people. So support this initial, say to say, help for getting off the ground and something that you know will take much more time to get to market and provide some lab space and things so, so people can develop. Are you seeing examples of universities doing just that anywhere? Yes, absolutely. For, for us, our godparents, so to say, were, were Berkeley and Stanford, which have a long tradition to foster entrepreneurship and also to provide specific support in deep tech. Uh, they have also a very strong tradition to mobilize philanthropy and so on, these kind of things. I personally am also an MIT graduate and they created huge bio labs, for example, and in particular in around, around life sciences, they are perhaps the leading center in the world. But we look at, there are lots of the UK universities that have done quite well in leveraging that, ETH in Zurich. So I think there are lots of centers of excellence. And in Asia, you go to Singapore or so, who has really done a lot to offer specific environments for the students. 
so much of entrepreneurship is an ecosystem and a collaborative effort. I would argue so much of it is about having a network. How can universities and industries collaborate more to bridge the talent gap? I guess the challenge is how do you motivate industry? Because industry loves to collaborate with universities on their own problems, but why should they work on entrepreneurial problems? And I think what we have seen is that you can provide a lot of value. First of all, you, if you collaborate with universities on entrepreneurship, you, you don't get your immediate problem solved, but you get access to outstanding talent. Because these are typically the people who excel in their own subject to still have some spare time and then think about entrepreneurial talents and try to apply the things. And this is one of the prime talent pools that was interesting for industry. We get lots of positive feedback on collaborations with early ideas, innovative ideas, potentially startups, etc. Then I see a lot of motivation for people in large companies in mentoring young people. They want to give back to society, etc. and particularly to the next generation. And then obviously, you know, it's actually some companies that take the risk and even say, look, we become early customers. We've seen examples of where that fostered an enormous amount of innovation. So I think there's a huge part that industry has a lot to offer, it's clear. They have experience, they have excellent infrastructure that sometimes we can use. Several companies offer us infrastructure to use, for example, 3D printing in their facilities and so on. Uh, but at the same time, I think they really also get a lot out of it. So it's, uh, it's lots you can do. The key is to motivate industry for entrepreneurship and not just for research collaborations. Is there a certain aspect of what Tum Venture Labs do in terms of their mode of operation that you think sets it apart and <clears throat> garners the success and innovation that you have? Let's say we were a bit lucky in that we already had an outstanding university, right? It's the top-ranked university in the EU and we already had a very strong entrepreneurship center, so we could build on that. Now, I think what we managed to do is not only to provide domain-specific support, which I think helps a lot for this thing, but also create this kind of cross-domain collaboration. So we have one Langer Labs with 11 fields. So, for example, you do additive manufacturing in aerospace or you do artificial intelligence in healthcare. And that not only fosters innovation, but is also very interesting for our industry partners because they always become partners for the entire venture lab. So yes, I might be interested in food, but I also like to see food printing, which is additive manufacturing, right? Or you want to say, oh, what are the AI methods in food? Or what does aerospace contribute to food and agriculture? So I think this integrated innovation network is something that our partners value extremely and obviously it helps the entrepreneurs because I think that's where the innovation happens. But it also makes it extremely attractive for industry partners. I also wanted to ask, I know that tackling climate change obviously very important to all of us, but is also a point of interest for you and your work. How do you see university entrepreneurship and what you do at uh, Tum Venture Labs as possibilities for making innovative solutions to tackle climate change? I think in order to answer that, I'm a physicist, so I would like to quote Please. Albert Einstein, right? So he said, you never solve problems by the same thinking that created them. We need the next generation for that, right? And we really have to instill this thinking. That's why gluing yourself to the street is completely pointless because it essentially assumes that you guys who created the problem better solve them. But these guys who created the problem will not solve them. You might know I've worked a lot in climate action, so that just doesn't work. 
And the next thing universities can do is install a sense of empowerment because people feel helpless, right? It's a global problem, it's, what can I do? And the sense of empowerment, one thing we did often is to invite people who created companies, who made a difference, right? To really create some impact. And as soon as you see that, then you can go with people, you get this mobilization right, and the sense of empowerment, then say, think of scalable solutions. If you don't have scalable solutions, you won't have an impact. Because I see lots of people want to save the world and become vegan. Mm. It's nice. <laughs> it is important that you yourself are credible, but obviously it doesn't scale to others unless you convince everybody else to become vegan in some ways, right? Create scalable solutions. The other thing is, we also work a lot to say, look, don't create a solution that depends on subsidies. In the end, you have to solve the problem in India, which means you have to drive the green premium to zero. Let me take example of an Elon Musk with Tesla. He got all the subsidies in the world. Right? <laughs> he got thousands of subsidies for creating his factory. But in the end, it's totally clear he wants to succeed in India. And he who took subsidies in order to drive it down and just to get the sense, if, if you want to make a difference, you, you have to do that. And I also think it would help if you think about create a profitable business. I think it's, there's lots of value not-for-profit businesses, but you have to see, if you're in a not-for-profit business, you always depend on other people, right? And so if you want to have degrees of freedom, if you want to gain the speed and so on, don't think creating a profitable business does not mean that it shouldn't have purpose, absolutely. But think of it really, you want to stand on your own feet because you want to take the decisions, otherwise you don't make an impact. And we don't have a 10% problem, we have a 100% problem. We have to take all the CO2 out, we have to clean all the oceans up, we have to survive. So these are substantial problems where you need the degrees of freedom we can do. And I think the university can do a lot to install this sense of empowerment and then to help them similar to the other entrepreneurs in deep tech overall. Thank you for listening to the discussion. Follow UIN on LinkedIn. And if you're enjoying our podcasts, make sure to subscribe, rate and review on your podcast platform of choice to help others find this content too.